Hey, I'm in a series of sermons on be of good cheer. I don't know if you know this, but the Bible teaches us that we are living in a combat zone of life. Every day we are faced with satanic attacks and demonic snipers. They're aiming at us, man, and they're pulling their trigger. The devil sets snares for us every single day. In fact, the Bible says, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. The, the devil is real and his attacks are real. We live in a horrible world. How do I know that? Well, the Bible tells me so. Jesus said, in this world, you will have tribulation. And if you're breathing and you're alive, you know the fact of that. <laughs> you're probably facing problems right now. You understand the tribulation Jesus was speaking about. It's just the way the world is. And it's constant. It's nonstop. You know, if, if Jesus just stopped right there and that's all we had, I would, man, I would, I would be ready to pack my bags and leave this planet, wouldn't you? Because it's horrible. It's bad. But Jesus doesn't end with, in this world you will have tribulation. He coupled it by saying, but be of good cheer. <laughs> Put a smile on your face. Have a joy that the world can't touch. Know a peace that passes understanding. Be of good cheer. Why? Jesus said, I have overcome the world. And that is great news today. Even in a war zone, we can have a peace that passes all understanding. We can find one who listens to our prayers every day and answers every morning with renewed strength and a clear mind. And so that is our subject for today's message. I'm in a series of sermons on the five be of good cheer statements that Jesus made in the Gospels. We've already looked at three of them. The first, he spoke to a withered man. He was not only withered on the outside with a withered hand, he was also withered on the inside. He needed to be forgiven. And so one day, he showed up at church just like you've showed up at church. And Jesus called him front and center. And he said, son, be of good cheer. Your sins are forgiven you. And so just like that, Jesus healed this withered man on the inside, and instantly he was healed on the outside as well. You talk about being happy. Dude, that, that guy was shouting in church, all right? The second time Jesus used the phrase was to a woman who had suffered for 12 years with a hemorrhaging, an issue of blood. She had spent her life savings trying to find a cure, but to no avail. And then she heard Jesus, the miracle worker, was coming to town. And she joined the crowd and followed Jesus down the street. And then when she got a chance, she reached through and with her hand, she touched the hem of his garment. People were all around Jesus, but Jesus stopped and asked, who touched me? The disciples said, well, Jesus, people are touching you from all sides. People are all around you. He said, no, somebody touched me. I felt healing go out of my body. That's, that boy, that's just, that's pretty cool, man. And so he turned around and he saw this woman and he knew she was the one. He said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you whole. 
And bam, just like that, the 12 years of blood flowing stopped. The third time he spoke this word, we saw last week the disciples were in a boat on the Sea of Galilee. The storm was there. The waves were up, and they were afraid. They looked out, and they saw someone approaching the boat walking on the waters. And they were afraid, thinking it was a ghost, a spirit. And they cried out in fear. But Jesus said, be of good cheer. It is I. You don't have anything to be afraid of. And so guys, if, as you're in the, the, the waves today and, and the storms of life are overwhelming you, you don't have to be afraid either. Because Jesus walks on the water. <laughs> and he can change things for you just like that. This morning, we're going to look at the fourth time Jesus spoke those words by joining him and his disciples in the upper room. It was on the eve of his crucifixion and death. In John's chapter 13 through 17, we find the upper room discourse. These are the words that Jesus spoke to his disciples shortly before he was arrested, dragged away to be condemned, and then die on the cross. Our key verse is John chapter 16, verse 33. Let's read that. Jesus said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. I want you to see what Jesus said there. That in me, in me, Jesus said, you may have peace. Now in this world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I've overcome the world. Now, real quick, I want you to see the dichotomy of, of two things here. First of all, he said, in me you will have peace. It's a peace the world doesn't know. It's a peace that passes all understanding. He said the only way you can have true peace and joy is in a relationship with me. The dichotomy of that is in the next phrase. In the world, you're not going to find this peace. In the world, there will be chaos. In the world, you will have tribulation. But here's the kicker. The pivot point is, be of good cheer. Why? I've overcome the world. I've beat the world. I've knocked the world down. So instead of having tribulation and a constant stirring in your inner being and conflict and turmoil and waves that won't go away, I'll give you peace. Because I've overcome the world. Now guys, come on, at least... At least look like and act like that's good news, all right? Because it is good news. It's something that we can be of good cheer about. Now, in this one verse, John 16, 33, the Lord gives us several promises for this inner peace, this cheer that we can have. Point number one, Jesus said, in me, in a relationship with me, you may have peace. Notice how deliberately he spoke that in verse 33. These things I have spoken to you that in me you may have peace. The word may is used here in the sense of can. In me you can have peace. Or the word will could be substituted. In me you will have peace. Jesus said, if you get into relationship with me, if you accept me as your Lord and Savior, you will have inner peace. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. That's what I give. That's what I dispense. So if you are in me, you will have peace. In other words, 
Our peace comes from being in union with Jesus Christ. This arguably is, I think, one of the most powerful little phrases in the Bible, in me. Jesus said, in me you will have peace. Other places in the Bible, it's in him, or it can be in Christ. In fact, it was the very theme of the message of the Apostle Paul. He used that one phrase, in Christ, in him, in me, 160 times in his writing. So what does it mean to be in Christ? Well, it means that we are in union with him, that we have united our lives with him, that we are in Christ and Christ is in us, that we have received him as personal Lord and Savior, and he has come to live inside of us through the person of his Holy Spirit. And if we have believed, and if we are born again, then we are in Christ, and Christ is in us. And from that moment on, Jesus gives us a set of promises that meets every need that we have in life, not only in this time, but also in eternity. Try this on for size. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, if you become in Christ, from that moment on, all of your sins are forgiven. All, all, the, all the bad things you've done in the past, annihilated. Your, your slate is wiped clean. Sins are forgiven. They're, they're taken as far as the east is from the west. The Bible gives us this promise. God doesn't even hold those transgressions against us any longer. <laughs> Whoa! Come on now! That, you guys need some help today. Come on. That is awesome! Just, just pretend like you're Pentecostal for a second. Oh, man! From that moment on... We have eternal life. Do you grasp that? From the moment we are in Christ, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life. When we die, we get to go to heaven. From that moment on, not only do we have eternal life, we have abundant life right here on planet earth. From that moment on, we have a peace that passes all understanding. From that moment on, we know that we're going to heaven. From that moment on, we know that all things work together for good to those who love God and are the called according to his purpose. From that moment on, we know that God has a purpose for us being here. <laughs> it changes everything, man. When we are in Christ, life then has meaning, and we have peace. I don't know if you've heard the name D.L. Moody. He was a, a preacher from a generation or so ago. He, lived about he died 118 years ago. Uh, D.L. Moody writes and tells the story of walking one day. I don't know if he was out in the country or in the city, but, but he looked down a cellar. Apparently the cellar, y'all know what a cellar is, don't you? Okay. Apparently the cellar door was open and he could see down in the cellar and he saw a man down in a cellar shivering from the cold and the dampness and this man was down there shaking and he was trying to see in the dim light and read and, and so D.L. Moody shouted down to the man, come on up, come on up into the sunshine, it's warm and bright up here. 
And, and D.L. Moody wrote and said, the man looked up and shouted back at him, No, I'm trying to make my own light down here. And I'm trying to work up a warm feeling. I don't know. 120 years ago, people were weird, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. That's weird, isn't it? Yeah, not really, because I know a lot of people who are still doing the same thing today. They're in the cellar of life, and they're trying to generate a little light, and they're trying to work up a warm feeling. <laughs> and that peaceful, easy, warm feeling ain't coming, man. Because what they really need is the light and the warmth and the sunlight of Jesus Christ. Jesus said, in me, you will have peace. So our peace, our life, only comes when we are in union with Jesus Christ. And that begs me to do a quick time out and ask you, are you in union with Jesus? Do you know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? Have you made peace with God so that you can know the peace of God? Hmm. But here's the second thing. Our sense of inner peace grows from being in the Word of God. Look at this sentence again. These things I have spoken to you. That's what Jesus said. That's point number two. These things I have spoken to you. That in me you may have peace. So what did Jesus mean by these things I have spoken to you? Well, the most immediate and accurate interpretation to, is to say that these things refer specifically to the words that Jesus had just spoken in the upper room discourse. John chapters 13 through 17 are remarkable chapters in the Word of God, I believe, for two reasons. First of all, Jesus spoke these words in an atmosphere of incredible tension and trauma and fear. Fear flickered like ominous shadows against the walls in the upper room. The devil himself had entered into that room through the person of Judas Iscariot. The drama of all the ages was about to be unleashed like a nuclear device in that very room. It was the final moments of our Savior's ministry, when He washed His disciples' feet, when He instituted the Lord's Supper, and when He loved His disciples to the very end. But these are incredible chapters for another reason. Even though Jesus spoke these words in an atmosphere of incredible tension, His message was one of supernatural peace and tranquility. The contrast between the situation Jesus faced and the syllables that he spoke are startling. Jesus is going to tell them one reason after another why, even at the blackest moment of their life and despair, they should be optimistic and hopeful and peaceful and strong. That's amazing. It's encouraging. In fact, let me just kind of go back through these chapters and, and point out some things that Jesus told his disciples that made them optimistic and peaceful and strong. For example, in chapter 14, verse 1, he said, Guys, listen to me. You can trust me. No matter what happens tomorrow or the next day or the next week or the next year, 
you can trust me. John chapter 14, verse 1, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Jesus said, just like you trusted the Father, you can trust me. Church, we can trust Jesus. Number two, we have the brightest future that could possibly be imagined. Chapter 14, verse 2, Jesus said, in my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Well, I'll tell you what, that does my heart good. To know he's already got a mansion with my name on it. I think he's going to let Miss Angie live there with me. I sure hope so. Third thing he said in verse 3. Jesus said, I may be going away, but I am coming back. And if I go away and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. Number four, we have absolute assurance of answered prayer. Chapter 14, verse 13. He says, and whatever you ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, Jesus said, I will do it. Number five, we have someone else who's going to help us while we're here on planet Earth, the Holy Spirit. 14.16 says, I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide with you forever, even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells with you, and he shall be in you. Number six, we have the very peace of Jesus himself at our disposal. Chapter 14, verse 27 says, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. Not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. <laughs> God, you've got the peace of God in your life. But not only that, number seven, we have the very joy of Jesus himself at our disposal. Chapter 15, verse 11. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy might remain in you, and that your joy might be full. <laughs> well, hallelujah. Guys, I'm telling you. I don't know of any other portion of Scripture that contains more comfort and more peace than these chapters of the Upper Room Discourse. And Jesus said, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you might have peace. So our peace comes because of our union with Jesus Christ, and it grows as we get into His Word. But, but we're not finished with our verse yet, chapter 16, verse 33. Because the verse goes on to give us a very specific warning. Our sense of inner peace, which is based on our union with Christ, and which grows as we study the Word of God, that sense of inner peace is going to be under constant attack from the devil and the world. Our faith is going to be challenged by this world. Jesus warned in verse 33, In this world you will have tribulation. So guys, why in the world are we alarmed at the persecution Christians are facing today? I mean, why does it upset us so when bad things happen to us just because we're believers? Jesus told us it was going to be that way. 
Jesus actually said, if the world hated me, guess what? It's going to hate you. And the world does hate us. Can I tell you something, church? And this is not a gloom and doom sermon, all right? But the reality is this. If you live in this world, you're going to have problems. Period. Point blank. Do you want me to give you my list? Or do you have your own list? In this world, you're going to have problems. In this world, you're going to have opposition. And you will face difficult circumstances. In this world, you're going to have persecution. And you will face satanic attack. And can I tell you something? If, the devil is leave, if you're a Christian and the devil is leaving you alone, <laughs> you, you, need to, you need to check your spiritual odometer. Because something's not right in your life. Because if you're a believer and you're living for Jesus, you will be under constant attack from the evil one. You will have misunderstandings in this world and heartaches will come and there will be hurts. And sometimes those will come from the strangest places. In this world, you will have things that challenge your faith. Church, I'm, I'm here to tell you the truth and the truth is this. Make no mistake about it. In this world, we will have troubles and tribulations. In this world, there will be pressure and stress. But thank God Jesus didn't stop right there. <laughs> the very last thing he said in this upper room discourse before he began his great prayer, praying for his disciples in chapter 17, his last official sentence of teaching his disciples, the concluding sentence of his three years of public ministry, the last syllables of his last sermon that he preached Right before Calvary, his last words to you and me are be of good cheer. <laughs> be of good cheer because I have overcome the world. And that's point number four. Be of good cheer, man. Some translations take the word cheer out of there and put the word courage in it. Be of good courage. I like the word cheer, but I really think it's a combination of both. The only way I can be of good cheer is if I've got the courage of Jesus in me, and it flip-flops as well. The only way I can have courage is to know the cheer and peace of God. But be of good cheer, I have overcome. Now, guys, here's the kicker. When Jesus said that, be of good cheer, I have overcome, Jesus was on the lamb. <laughs> Moments from capture. Hours away from being scourged. Just one evening away from death by torture on the cross. Yet he said, I have overcome the world. So what did he mean by that? Well, I think he meant this. I think Jesus was saying, I, I came into this world and I've lived here for 33 years without sinning. Now, nobody else can say that. He said, I did that so that I could serve as an innocent, sacrificial victim whose blood can atone for the sin of the world. And, and I think he looked at his disciples and said, guys, I want you to know I am not going to be killed. 
but I am willingly going to lay down my life as an eternal sacrifice for the sins of the world. And he said, if I lay down my life willingly, I am going to take it up again. And the grave cannot hold me. And death cannot keep me. And I'm going to burst forth from that tomb like a fist going through a paper bag. <laughs> and I'm going to penetrate the skies. I'm going to resume my throne in glory. I'm going to build my church on planet earth. I am going to come again in my own good timing. And then I will banish the devil. I will set up my kingdom. I will judge this planet and I will usher in eternity. And I'm going to give to my people the eternal life that they both want and need. Jesus said, I have overcome the world. Guys, just listen to me. He did. And if Jesus can overcome the world, <laughs> he can overcome any problem you're facing. He can whip it because he's the man.